again, welcome. We're going to talk this morning about our real life, our real life in Christ. And, uh, and so I'm going to, I have a lot of passages here. Um, hopefully we'll get through it all. If not, I can give you some highlights. Uh, but we're going to focus on, I kind of piggyback off from what Pastor was talking about. You know, I, I love the Encourage series that he was on. You know, count it all joy, brothers, when you fall into diverse temptations, trials, troubles, because the testing of your faith produces endurance. And it's just so necessary um, to have that endurance and that pressing on and that, that going forward in him, right? So, um, so I was just thinking about that and like how we could kind of carry on that, that message of encourage and just encourage about the life that we have in Christ, that, that real life that we have. So I'm going to start out with Colossians 3. Verse 1 and uh, one through 3, um, and I'm going to do the Amplified Bible and then switch to, to NLT. Uh, so again, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Um, if, if then you've been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing in his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds, keep them, and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things of this earth, like the weather or the temperature or uh, jobs or stress or anything like that. No, we don't set our things on earth, for as far as the world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life, Let's see, yep, your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So our, our new real life is in God, and it's hidden in Christ for us. It's kind of, I looked up that word hidden because I'm like, I, I heard somebody teach on, on hidden, like, you know, the, it, was, it was a weird message. I'm like, that's not right at all. <laughs> but it's like the hidden thing, it's like a protected thing where, our new life is, is protected in Christ. It's, it's hidden in Christ for us to, to have that fresh new life with him. So let's switch over to NLT, the New Living Translation. Um, and we're going to read this again in, in NLT. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. So not the things of this earth, right? So um, where, where Christ is seated... Uh, Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things in heaven, not the things of this earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden in Christ with God. So uh, we know this world is temporary, right? Everything that is in the unseen realm, that's actually more real than, than what is seen in physical. So uh, the spiritual things in my life are more real than this podium here, something that I can grab hold of. This is going to burn up in fervent heat, right? When, when Jesus comes back, everything here on earth is just temporary. It's going to be gone. But the things that are eternal are the, those things that are, are true and real, which is our spiritual life. That is our real life, which is in Christ Jesus. So when we have that real life, when we're focused on that, that can be uh, that can buoy us up over the trials and troubles of, the, of this life. Um, so we don't, want, we don't want 
you know, even in this world when we are dealing with, with temporary things, you know, even, even our, our flesh, our natural things, know what is imitation or what is not real. And we know that there's a difference between the, the genuine and the fake. Uh, when I was in, I think it was in high school, I took a, um, we, I grew up in West Michigan, and it wasn't too far to go to Chicago, and we took a school trip, I think, to Chicago or somewhere, I don't remember exactly. Um, and, you know, in Chicago, they, they have street vendors and all that sort of stuff, so, sort of like when you go down to D.C. So back then, it was cool to get a pair of Oakley sunglasses, right? But Oakley's are, what, $100, $150, and as a high school student, I'm like, there's no way. So, of course, there's somebody on the, on the street selling Folkley's, right? So, so he, he, he's got his jacket or his table out, you know, with all these Folkley sunglasses. They, they look exactly the same, right? But they're imitation. They're not real. And, of course, you touch them, you put them on, you know right away they're not real. But that's, you know, your, your flesh knows, and it wants the genuine, although you can't always get the genuine like on a high school limited budget. So and needless to say, I had a pair of Folkley's in high school and I think they broke two weeks later, like the, the hinge of the, uh, of the arm. You know, it's just because they're cheap. They're, they're, they're a cheap, they take the same design and, and they, they knock it off. So it's not real, it's not genuine. But we know, we know, we know, we know that the life that God has for us is a real life. It's genuine. It's what we were created and developed for. He, 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 didn't, he didn't create us for a superior life. He didn't create us to be, um, you know, governed by the God of this world, which is Satan, and, and put under his authority. Um, and we're going to talk about that right now. So... Um, Let's look at, at Hebrews 13, verse, uh, verse 20 and 21, and this is the NLT again. Now may the God of peace who brought... Oh, th- we're not going there quite yet, but, but I'm going to read this, this verse. I, I'm just talking about uh, in my notes. I had, I had a couple things rearranged. But now may the God of peace who brought us from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood... May he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Um, so this has become one of my favorite, favorite passages of scripture because it's like he does the work in us. You know, we, yes, we have to yield to him. We have to follow him. But he is essentially doing the work. He is perfecting. Uh, jump, jump back up um, to verse 21, if, if you can, the first part of 21. May he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through Christ. Um, so, yeah, that was Hebrews 13, verse 21. So he is equipping us. He is producing in us all that we need for that real life here on earth. So it's nothing that we have to try and produce on our own because we could never, we could never do it. And if you jump back a, the verse to verse 20, and that's, that's why I wanted to read that, it's by the blood of the eternal covenant. 
So it's, it's nothing that we could have done on our own, and that's why you know, the, the Israelites back in the day, they sacrificed um, goats and, and rams and cows, and, uh, and, um, and they did that trying to you know, cover their sin. But it's only the blood of Jesus that completely removes our sin, and it's by that blood of Jesus that we have a covenant with him where he pours his real life into us. He equips us and produces in us through the power of Christ every good thing that's pleasing to him. That is our real life. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna back up to Hebrews 12, verse one and two. Um, I'm gonna, I got a hilarious story here as we read um, Hebrews 12. So who knows what uh, Hebrews 11 is? Hebrews 11 is the great faith hall of fame, right? So we just, Hebrews 11 is the whole passage telling us about, about all these amazing men and women of God that did great things for God. So we just have, have this whole passage about, about these amazing people. And then the next verse, verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we've been surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, right? So who are these crowd of witnesses? They're all these people of faith. They're, they're David, they're, they're Gideon, they're, um, they're Ruth, they're you know, all of these amazing people who did great things by stepping out and, and following God's plan for their life. Abraham and, and Sarah, you know, God called them out. Well, think of it, right? So who doesn't like somebody cheering them on in life? So our daughter Isabella, um, when she was, man, real little, maybe, what, four, uh, four-ish, you know, we taught her, you, you clean your room. You, you get your toys out, and you're going to pick up your toys before, before you. So she was, she was excellent at cleaning, you know, firstborn child. They, they kind of get that. They understand more more of the cleanliness side of things and, and all that. And I'm not, I'm a second born, so I can say I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a slob. I, yes, I like things, I like things, I like things neat and clean, but I'm not that way. I, I just, I didn't have that, that discipline as a second born, but um, just saying. But my, my daughter Isabella, you know, when, when we tell her to go in and clean her room, she would always ask, well, can you come in and cheer me on? Like she didn't, she didn't want the help. She just wanted somebody there, cheering her on as she cleaned her room. So, so either Leah or I would would literally do that. We'd go sit in her room and just say, "Yes, Isabel, you can do it. You know, you you got this." And and it's amazing. Even to this day, she's she's still, she's she's twenty years old, and she just needs that encouragement of. Of, yeah, you can do it. So uh, she just went back down to, to Rama on Saturday. So Friday night, we were, we were helping her pack. And of course, Leah's down there like, here, you, you can do it. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's just the way it is. But, but all that to say, it, like we have this great crowd of witnesses cheering us on from heaven. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, Gideon, David, 
all these men and women of faith up in heaven in the grand sins of heaven cheering us on. Our, our you know, parents, if you have parents that are up in heaven, grandparents, people, men and women of faith that are up in heaven cheering us on. Not only that, but Jesus, it says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father praying for us, interceding for us. Amen. And that is our real life. Yes. So whenever you feel down, depressed, like, I can't do this, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulations like what Pastor, ben, Pastor Tim has been teaching on, just think of that. Like, you're not alone. Amen. You have that great crowd of witnesses cheering you on from, the, from heaven, helping you go forward. So let's continue on in, uh, in Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Let us strip off every weight that, <clears throat> that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily uh, trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Uh, so I, I looked up that last, last phrase uh, in um, concordance last night, but uh, the King James says the author and finisher of our faith. And that finisher literally means perfecter, and that's why the, the New, New Living Translation says the perfecter of our faith. But that word, it says the one, one who has in his own person raised faith to its perfection. So let me read that again. One who has in his person raised faith to its perfection and so set before us the highest example of faith. So that's what that word per perfecter or finisher of our faith means. So that's literally Jesus. He said, you know, he has, he has perfected faith so that we could walk in that same faith. You know, and what does that sound like? It sounds like Hebrew, uh, Mark, Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. Or grab hold of God's faith, lay, lay hold of God's faithfulness. One translation even says, have the faith of God. And that's what Jesus did for us. Is, is he, he perfected it so that we could have that same faith and we could live in and walk in his faith. That's real life. Hallelujah. We don't have to do things on our own and, or in our own ability. So because, did I? Oh, I, I didn't finish reading verse 2. So because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. And that's what we talked about. When Jesus went to heaven, seated at the right hand of God, he's there praying for us and interceding for us. So again, how do we overcome? We look to Jesus. It says the author and finisher, author and perfecter of our faith. And we do this by looking to him. So um, when those trials and temptations come, when, when life you know, just seems to weight you down, look to him. Amen. Look to him. And now that's not a sign of weakness by any means. That's a sign of, hey, we know where our life comes from. We know who's there to help us. You know, it's never a sign of weakness to receive help in doing something. And, you know, Pastor Tim always makes jokes, right, of, of men, how men are, are always doing this. When they're moving, they try and move everything on their own, right? And even, even, 
<laughs> even, even packing up uh, after, after church. It's like some, some of our carts, some of our things, you need two people because it's, there, there's weight. And it's never a sign of weakness to ask for help with, with some of that. You're going to hurt yourself. God put us in, in a family, in a community to help one another. I forget exactly where it was, where it is in Scripture, but it talks about, you know, we're, we have been given this so that when we see somebody down, we can reach down and pull them up and get them on the road of faith again. That is our purpose in life, is, is not to do this on our own, not to, not to stand alone, but, but to have that, that life, that community, that, you know, godly, godly men and women, supernatural relationships that he has put in our life. So this real life that God has for us is a fully equipped life, fully supplied. This real life that God has for us is, isn't meant to be difficult. Now, I'm, I got to qualify this because, um, you know, as I, as I wrote that, I, I felt a little bit check, but I'm like, no, it's, it's not meant to feel difficult, right? So I'm not talking about struggles and attacks of the enemy. Those are difficult at times, but we have to know that we are more than a conqueror. Sure, there's difficulties that will come, but we're not supposed to live under the weight of those difficulties. We're supposed to, to live in an overcoming life that God has for us, and that is that real life that we're talking about. Um, years ago, we went, th- went through a, a trial in our life, and the Holy Spirit ministered to us in the midst of that. It's an easy thing. I'm like, God, this is not easy. This is, this is not an easy thing, but, but that's what the Holy Spirit ministered to us is it's an easy thing. And then, you know, as, as we received help, as we had people coming alongside of us ministering to us, we saw, you know, if we get in the presence of God, it is an easy thing because we're not doing it in our own power, our own effort, our own energy. But when you have, when you have that and you go to him, it really is an easy thing. And so... When, when I wrote that down, that, that you know, this real life in God isn't meant to be difficult. When we're looking to him, it's not. It's an easy thing. It's something that we can manage and we can bear and we can overcome and conquer. But it's in him, right? It's not on our own. It's not out of our own ability, our own way. It's not, uh, this, this real life is not meant to be striving to please God, right? That's, that's world religion, what can I do to make God like me? What can I, can I empty my mind enough to make God, to become one with God? Can I, you know, sacrifice enough to, you know, make God pleased with me? Can I crawl on, crawl on across broken glass that God may, may, may count me faithful? You know, the, the world religions have some, some crazy ideas of what it means to make God pleased with you. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the real life that it's already done. It's already accomplished. And that new life, that real life is hidden with God in Christ. Ha ha, glory to God. All right, but what if we don't see it? What if, what if we can't see it, right? That's when, that's when we, we need to look to, you know, look even, even more, spend extra time, God, what is it, what is it that, that is causing this trouble, trial, tribulation in my life? Is it, is it my own 
choices, the decisions that I've made in life? Or is this an attack of the enemy? And what, what happens if we don't see that victorious life? We really just need to, to get in the presence of God and say, okay, God, I'm not seeing this. Why? What, why am I not seeing this? And, and he is faithful. He will always show you. And he always provides a way out when, when we are tempted or tried. He always provides that way out. And, and thank God for that. And, and then we, we get in the word. What does the word say about it? So Philippians 4.19, uh, and I, I have the New King James listed here. So Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So a lot of times this verse is just referenced and uh, giving. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches. So like we have that mindset of riches and and God's supplying need, but it's not just that. What do you need? Do you need healing in your body? God has provided. Do you need a job? Now, that, that's a little bit more difficult because you're not fully in control. You're dependent on other people. But we have a lot of testimonies in this church, even, of people seeking the Lord, asking for, for a new job. And man, just job upon job, promotion upon promotion, just testimonies of God's goodness and his faithfulness along those, those lines. Amen. Where, you know, who knows, somebody may, may be out of work and, and we pray, we ask for God's favor, we ask for, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, and he shows up. He says, okay, go this route. And man, a job comes, promotion comes, increase comes. My God shall supply all of your need not according to your ability and your riches, but according to his ability and his riches. And that goes back to what, what Dave was talking about during the time of offering. It's that covenant relationship with God. When you're in covenant with God, man, everything that he has is now ours because, because that covenant relationship is like a, a family relationship, right? It's, it's his goodness, his faithfulness, everything that he has is for us. So, my God shall supply all of your need, health, job, finances, if it's finances, according to his riches. And, and again, a lot of that comes, you know, we've, we've followed Pastor Mark for, for a number of years, Mark Hankins, and he talks about how there's some things that God has for you that you can only get in relationship with other people. It's that, that fellowship, that, that unity in the body of Christ where there's a supply. You know, the, the Bible talks about how it was Paul and Silas, they, came, they went to their own company and there was a supply there for them. So being in those supernatural relationships, God has a supply for you. And then we go back, if, if things aren't lining up, if things don't look like we're overcoming, you know, then, then we have to really lay it out. Is, is God a liar? No, he's not a liar. He's always faithful to his word. Jeremiah uh, 1 verse 12, and this is the Amplified, um, Amplified Bible. This, um, and this was a time where, where Jeremiah was seeking the Lord, and it says, the word of the Lord came to him, 
Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well, Jeremiah, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So if he has given you his word, and if we are looking to all these other scriptures that our real life is hidden with with God in Christ, is he lying about that? No. He's watching over his word to perfect that in our life. And that's why I love that, that passage in Hebrew where it says he is doing the work. He's perfecting everything within us to his will and his way. So then what is our part? So that's, that's all the things that he's done. And we know that God's not a liar. So then what is our part to play? Because we have to have a part. Our part is simply look to him, right? That's really all he's called us to do. The, the children of Israel, what did they do? They, they whined and complained, bickered in the, in the wilderness. All these snakes and venomous vipers came up out of the ground, biting them, killing them, destroying them. So what did, what did Moses do? He, he, he sought the Lord. The Lord said, put a bronze serpent up on a pole. All they had to do is look to that serpent on the pole, and it said with a, with a heartfelt uh, gaze, extended gaze, they looked to that serpent on the pole, and when they did, they would be healed. And when they did, all those vipers went away. So what is our part today? Our part is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, perfecter of our faith. Trust in him. Have faith in him. Believing that he truly has already done it. He, he already done it. It's done. It's complete. It's finished. So we don't have to live that life of you know, barely getting by. We don't have to live that life of constantly being sick. We can live a life of victory, of, of more than a conqueror in Christ because of his life on the inside of us. So all we have to do is believe he's a good God and his word never fails. He is a good God, right? Has God ever done anything evil in your life? No. No. But the God of this world, the little G God of this world, definitely has. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy your life. And so we have to, we have to get that squared away in our mind, right? John 10.10, 10, the great divide. It's, uh, I have come that you may have life and life of the fullest or life abundantly. Uh, and I don't have the rest of that verse, and I don't have a, a way to look it up, but, um, but he, uh, he has come to destroy your life, to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. So that's what the devil has come to do. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy your life. <clears throat> so right there, John 10.10, 10, it's a great divide. You can look at anything in your life and say, okay, is this... Is this my God, or is it the God of this world, the little G, the, the devil? So, have you, <laughs> have you ever encountered one of those personality types where you need to, like, check up on them, come behind, make sure they're not cutting corners, uh, or just find out if they've really done the work? Or have, um, have you ever had one of those personality types that you've encountered that just gets distracted by the littlest thing in the middle of a task, and then they're like, ah, squirrel, they're gone, right? <clears throat> so 
Um, that last one, to some degree, is, is my personality. Like, I may have a task, I may have a, a, a job, a project, whatever, and man, I get distracted and I'm like, okay, on to the next thing. <laughs> Give me something more exciting to do or whatever. You know, it's like, especially if it's a tedious task, something that takes a lot of mind or effort and you're like, you know, drilling down. I'm like, man, get me out of here. Give me, <laughs> give me something else to do. <clears throat> and one of those things I used to think about frequently, like, well, that's just my personality. That's, that's who I am. Uh, you know, I'm more, you know, in the moment sort of person. And, and so that, that flexibility can be good, but what I have learned over time is that that communicates something totally different to the people that, that I'm around or like my boss, my manager, like it, it communicates like, hey, I don't really care enough to, to do this work. Or I don't, you know, it's like, it, it communicates that, man, this isn't important enough for me to focus on and do. So what I have learned is, is I have to find my identity in Christ. And if this is something important to other people, I have to see the importance of it. I have to know, like, hey, this isn't just me. This isn't just for me. This is, like, part of my job. This is, you know, something I'm doing to, to bless others. This is something I'm doing for the kingdom of God. And so I have to know, like, Okay, this is, this is bigger than me. This task is bigger than me. This, you know, whatever. And I have to look to, look to God as, and help with this area. And, and Leah knows this. Like, like I, I really have to make an effort to, like, identify with, with something other than my natural ability and my natural giftings. Because, sure, my natural giftings are, are meant for a purpose and, and they're, they're good for certain purposes. But if it's something like that, a task that needs to be done, man, I have to, I have to finish that. But I have to look to God in that to, to get it done. So I am just thankful that God saw the end from the beginning, right? <clears throat> so he knows, he knows the finished. He knows that, that, that end goal and he made a plan, and then he stuck to that plan. So he saw that, that the only way that we could have this real life is by sending Jesus for us. Don't look to ourselves. Don't look to our own abilities. It's, that's essentially where I was going with, with that, is it's not, it's not our own ability. It's not what we can do and what we can accomplish. It's his ability inside of us. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that because... Man, it'd be a rough life if if it was all all on my own. All right. So in life we have that thing that kind of like taints everything that we see. So in my life, um, I'm not gonna get into the full testimony of this, but but essentially with when I was a, a young boy, but I think when I was five. Uh, my parents split up, and and you know my my dad moved out, and my mom had to had to raise three kids, kind of kind of on her own. My dad was there a part of our lives, but um, but I didn't realize at what point how much that affected my life, and so I start I went through junior high, high school, all of, well, it was kind of in high school that that God helped me through this, but. 
But it's like I went through life with that thing that was filtering everything that I saw, everything that I did, right? So that thing in your life might be something totally different. Who knows what it is? Some people call it rose-colored glasses. Like they always want to see the best in life or they always, they always look through and they, they have these rose-colored glasses on that brightens up and cheers them up or you know, that, that um, thing that happened in their life that, that hurt them. Whatever it may be, what are we looking at life through? What lens? We had, a, we had an instructor at Rama who said, he, she's like, you always look through life through that thing. And she'd put her hand up like this. And I'm like, man, that left such an impact on my life. Because when, when you go through life with that thing, that thing is more prominent in my vision, in my scope than anything else. So then I actually have to work and strive to look beyond life, beyond that thing. But it's always there. It's always hindering my view of God, of life, of other people. Um, could be trust issues, anything like that, that, that can taint your view of life. But again, that's, that is the world's way of thinking, is that there's this thing that I have to filter my life through, that filter my, my daily uh, going, going on through. So... What, 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 how do we get rid of that, right? It's looking to Jesus. So replace that thing that's constantly blocking you. And that's what I had to do in my life. And that's what really set me free is I got to, to um, a place where I forgave my dad. And I, I love it. And actually, my dad was just out here uh, this week visiting with us. And we had an awesome time. We have a great, great relationship you know, and, and we loved spending time with him. But there was a long period of my life where that was a struggle and that was a hindrance in my life because it was that thing that was blocking me. But as soon as I gave that over to the Lord, removed that thing, replaced it with the life of God and nature of God in my life, then there can be a, a real life that is beyond that. It clears that way. Um, so let's go back uh, to that first passage I read, Colossians 3, uh, verse, and we're just going to focus on verse 2 and 3. Think about things in heaven, Colossians 3, 2 and 3. Think about things that are he- of heaven, not the things on earth. Right. So when we, when we have a heaven mindset, when we have that focus... Right? The things of this earth actually kind of get its proper perspective. So when we think of, of God's kingdom come, his will being done on earth as it is in heaven, you know, part of the Lord's prayer, that really sets things in perspective because that's ultimately the goal is to bring God's kingdom down here on earth. And so when we have that focus, when we have a, a greater focus on him and his kingdom being down here on earth, that's the focus of real life. And that helps us, you know, one of my prayers is, is God, that we would see things from your perspective because when, when I look at things, I have a totally different perspective than God does. <clears throat> but when I get his perspective on it, when I can see his ability to love, now that's not my own ability, 
And I can work and I can strive and all of that. But again, going back to what we talked about, it's not me striving, right? I can't, I can't love well enough. I can't love Leah well enough to make things right between us in my own ability because I have a limit there. Like I can only go so far in my ability to love. But when I have God's love living on the inside of me, Romans 5, 5 says the Holy Ghost shed, shed abroad into my heart the love of God. So he poured into my heart the love of God. So now I have to yield to that love, yield to that new life. And that's what we're getting to next is, is yielding to. Um, actually, I'm going to finish, finish this passage. Colossians, Colossians 3, verse 3, going to that next one. For you died to this life. Your real life is hidden with, with God in Christ or with Christ in God. So you died to this way of life, this natural way of living. <clears throat> we have to have that perspective of I have died to this life. I, have, I, I am dead to that, but not, no longer am I dead. Like, I, I, I kind of got stuck on that for a while of, of like, okay, I'm, I'm dead to sin. I'm, I'm dead to, dead to um, the inability to love. I'm, I'm dead to this. I'm dead to that. I kind of got stuck there. And then the Lord started speaking to my heart and speaking through other people. Well, if you're dead, then you're dead. But you have to get beyond that. So if Jesus died and stayed in that grave, man, we would, we would be in a world of hurt. But praise God that Easter morning came and he came up out of the grave. And when he came up out of that grave, we came out with him. We resurrected to new life with him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is, I've died to Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I have that same life that Christ now has. It's his life on the inside of me. So we are raised to new life with him. So yes, we died to the things of this world. We died to uh, fleshly desires. We've died to this life, but we have been raised with Christ. We've raised, raised with Christ for a new life in a new way. We died with Jesus on the cross. We were then raised to new life. We became, or can become, if we have never made Jesus the Lord of our life, citizens of heaven. So if you haven't ever made that choice to raise new with Christ, you can, you can make that choice. If you ever encounter somebody and you just see them like wallowing in a pit, you can share with them this life that Christ came. Because it's not just for us, it's not just for me, it's for me to give away that new life that, that I have. Second <clears throat> Peter 1, verse 3 through 9. And I only have two verses here, so I don't know why I have 3 through 9. But Second Peter 1, verse 3 and 4 I'm gonna, I, is all I copied in here, so we'll see where this goes. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to him, coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of the marvelous uh, glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, 
he has, he has given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And I, I think that's, that's all I, I wanted to go with there. I don't know why I have verse, uh, all the way through verse 9, but let's just stop there and, and talk about that. So he has given us great and precious promises, right? So we, we already addressed this. God is not a liar. He's promised. He's, he watches over his word to perform it. So we have great and precious promises that enable us to share in his divine nature and his divine life. So God is good, Amen. right? And, and his life his life was meant for us to have. Um, I put it in my notes. I'm not going to read it, but I challenge you this week at some point um, to read over uh, Romans 6, 1 through 14. And you'll, as you read it, you'll see it's a long, long passage. And um, I, didn't, I wasn't sure. I didn't really want to read all of that. So, um, I, you know, as I got there, I'm like, no, I'm not going to read that. But I challenge you as homework before next week. Go over Romans 6, 1 through 14. And I have it written in the, in the Passion Translation. Of course, Pastor always laughs at me and says it's my translation. But no, it's just, it's one that, that speaks to me in a way that it's like, man, it's, it's more vibrant. Um, but read that this week. Romans 6, 1 through 14. And it talks about how we've died to this life. And, and it's no longer our life, but it's Christ's life. And that is the real life. And I encourage you, again, if, if you have a struggle that you're facing in life, we're here to pray for you. We're here to be with you um, and, and help you through that, that struggle and that trial. And that's what God has called you here for, right? Called you in a community for is that you have a fellowship of believers that can believe with you. But focus on the life of God. Look to him. He is the author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith, and he has placed that inside of us. <clears throat> so with, as we close this service, um, if, if you could all bow your heads, and I just want to give an opportunity. If you don't know that real life, if you're watching online, you don't know that real life that God has given you that we've talked about today. Um, today is a great opportunity where you can get free from that old life, that old way of living, that old way of thinking. And it's simply by making Jesus the Lord of your life, by looking to him. So if that is you, go ahead and raise your hand in the room. If it's you online, um, just take some time, take a moment, pray this prayer with us. But we'll just pray, oh God, we thank you for the life that you came to give us. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone in this world. But you made a way of escape. And that way of escape is through Jesus. We look to him right now. We make Jesus the Lord of our life. Jesus, we give you our life today. Come and fill my life with new and complete. God, I give myself to you. Thank you for making me brand new. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen.